0: Hallelujah Christ is risen I speak to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen A friend of mine argues that people tend to fall into two camps the depressed or the anxious Some tend towards sadness withdrawal even hopelessness, while others tend towards a state of unease, worry, and nervous activity. Spoiler alert, I tend towards anxiety. But then again, in these strange times, don't we all? Our times are uniquely anxious due to a pandemic, uncertainty about what's next, a divided nation and erratic White House. Some of us are anxious to return to normal. Others are anxious we will return to normal too soon. While still others are anxious that normal is gone forever. We live in an age of anxiety and not just because of COVID-19. Rather, anxiety has been rising for decades. The May cover of the Atlantic Magazine declares the anxious child and the crisis of modern parenting, delving into rising tides of anxiety among children. But even that isn't new. In the mid 1940s, W.H. Auden published the long poem The Age of Anxiety, which inspired Leonard Bernstein's symphony of the same title. We might rightly call the last century an age of anxiety and there are many things to blame, wars and arms races, consumerism and rapidly shifting cultural norms, economic uncertainty, intrusive technology, but certainly anxiety is not our creation. It's not new to us or our time, but it seems to be a condition of being human, which is why it is such a balm to hear these words in Peter's letter, cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. This might sound simplistic on the order of the AA dictum to let go and let God, but of course the simplest ideas can be the most difficult to enact and Peter is certainly not writing in a simple time. He offers this and other encouragement in the midst of suffering, a major theme of his letter. He mentions suffering 12 times in a few chapters as he writes to a community struggling to remain faithful in a society that scorns, even persecutes them for what they believe and do. Peter writes to encourage them, to remind them of the promises we have in Christ, yet he does not pull any punches. Peter admits that they are facing and will face ordeals, but that they shouldn't be surprised by that. After all, that's the condition of following Christ. Our suffering shares in Christ's suffering. And he warns them that our adversary, the devil, prowls around the community like a lion, seeking someone to devour. In other words, there is good cause to be afraid. Peter practically promises them suffering, yet still invites them to let go of anxiety, their cares, their worries. They are to be alert humble, and disciplined. They are to resist the devil who prowls around them. But be anxious? No, that they are not to do. Instead, they are to cast their anxiety on God. And I cannot help but wonder, why anxiety? Why not cast their suffering or their fear or their anger on God. I'm not sure what Peter had in mind, but as someone who tends toward anxiety, I know that anxiety is a fairly unhelpful feeling. Sure, it can make me perform, but it can also lead to a lot of fluttery, unfocused feelings, wings beating around my chest, causing me to act for the sake of acting, doing things just to stay busy. Anxiety makes my thoughts scamper and scatter, too many to be productive, so many that anxiety merely increases. Anxiety is unfocused. Fear focuses on a specific threat, Anxiety spreads out to cover everything, known and unknown, real and imaginary. Anxiety separates us from one another. It makes us feel alone. When we're anxious, we think we're the only one who can control a situation, the only one with the answer. If we don't do something, everything will collapse. And beloved, anxiety makes us judgmental. Because no one likes to feel anxiety, it's tempting to disperse our anxiety, our feelings by finding someone or something to blame. And then in our anxiety, we find ourselves alone, nervously twisting knobs to nowhere, turning our cranks to nothing. Certain that what we're doing is important, necessary, and we cannot stop because all those other losers who we don't trust anyway haven't shown up to help. Anxiety is a thicket of briars. The deeper you enter, the more alone you are, and the harder it is to escape. And I wonder, I wonder in this time what anxiety you might need to cast on God, the one who cares for you. You're welcome to share that in the chat or the comments if you'd like, or to just think about what anxieties you need to cast on God. So how are we to cast anxiety on God? How does one do it? Well, when I think of casting, I imagine casting a net or tossing a kite in the air or casting a fishing line. All of those require a light touch. Trust that the thing being cast will be caught. Now, I am a remarkably bad caster or thrower of things, always trying to overpower it, thinking it's all up to me to propel whatever it is with my strength. Now, I'm no fisherman, but I've watched fly fishers with awe at the beauty of the thing. The wonderful novella A River Runs Through It features a Presbyterian minister and his sons focused as much on fly fishing as on the gospel. The minister says that by looking at fly fishing, you can see that by nature, man is a damn mess because most are trying to overpower the line. Many lose it since it is natural for man to try to attain power without recovering grace. It is natural for man to try to attain power without recovering grace. And so he whips the line back and forth. I'd say that covers most of us. We try to cast our anxiety on God, but we're afraid to let go, gripping our worries so tightly, refusing to trust that we can trust the water the wind, God, to catch them for us, to bear them so that we don't have to carry them anymore. It's hard to let go of the things that plague us, to be humble enough to admit we're not in charge of everything and sometimes we're not in charge of anything. But if we insist on being in charge, we miss out on being with God. We miss out on being with others, those brothers and sisters in all the world, Peter reminds us, who are also suffering and thus are our companions. When caught in the solitary angst of anxiety, we are susceptible to that prowling lion who likes to pick off the strays. We're much more vulnerable than when we are part of a community. And when we insist on holding on to our anxiety, certain that if we don't keep worrying and worrying and worrying, then the world will fall apart, we miss out on being one with God, of knowing the peace of God, which Jesus says in John's gospel, is the way to have eternal life right now. Beloved, we have many anxieties we seek to cast upon God, worries about being able to do our jobs well in this new format, helping people around us feel united. We're anxious about our finances. We're anxious that maybe we're carriers of COVID-19 and we might infect others and we are anxious that we might get it and we feel anxious about being able to breathe. With those anxieties and so many more, it just seems beloved that suffering isn't optional as humans and especially as followers of Jesus. But anxiety is. For we have a community who can bear us up, share suffering and joy with us. And we have a God who has joined us, who cares for us, a God who promises strength and support, a God who restores us. Let us cast our anxiety on the one who cares for us and then Let us rest. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.